Welcome back to Troubleshooting Agile. Hi there, Jeffrey. Hi, Squirrel, and, and happy holidays. Happy holidays to you as well. I've got to tell you, though, my wife, Lisa, got an amazing Christmas present, which turned out to be my Christmas present. Can I tell you really? about it? Absolutely. So she went on Amazon to order her own Christmas present. It was a thing that kind of went along with some puzzles she was giving me for Christmas. And she went on Amazon and she found a Rubik's Cube that was perfect for her. And okay. longtime listeners may know that Lisa is blind. Uh, you even sometimes hear her guide dog barking in the background. So she said, wow, here is a Braille Rubik's Cube. And it says, perfect for blind people, excellent, wonderful manufacturer, ready for Christmas. She ordered it and said, this is going to be great because she'd given me some puzzles. And now she'd have a puzzle she could work with. Now, I posted a picture, and it, it'll be linked in the show notes and it's in our promotion and so on. So if listeners want to pause for a moment and look at the picture, you might be able to figure out how this Rubik's Cube is actually not quite perfect. D Jeffrey, how long did it take you to figure out it wasn't quite perfect? Uh, not, not very long at all. <laughs> yes. And it took Lisa a quick, a quick look. <laughs> even less time because, of course, she didn't look at it. She picked it up and took it out of the box, and she noticed that uh, there, while there is absolutely definitely Braille on every one of the faces of the cube, all of the little uh, small squares that make up a Rubik's Cube, and you can move the cube and solve the cube and move the faces around, it, it lacks just this one very important feature, which is that the dots that make up the Braille are not raised. <laughs> so when Lisa picks it up and feels it, she can't tell the difference among any of the faces, any of the markings. All of them are opaque to her. She can't uh, detect any of them. So the reason I say this became my Christmas present is that as soon as I got hold of this, I said, wow, what a wonderful example. <laughs> I have so many examples <laughs> from software, and here's one in hardware. And, and so I thought we might talk a little bit about what kind of example this is. What does this show us about uh, contact with users, about testing in quality? Uh, what, what do we think? So, so Jeffrey, yeah. what was your reaction? <laughs> well, I, I, my, my, my first thought I looked at that was, well, that's a lack of, of user empathy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was, that, I, I, I could imagine that what would happen is, you know, someone here is getting their uh, descriptions and being told what to do. They probably got a ticket, you know, that, you know, that they, they have a, a pull request <laughs> equivalent, you know, we want a cube with, uh, with, you know, these, this pattern of, of dots on it. And somebody probably checked those really carefully and made sure that they were the correct patterns of dots and that they, they were lined up correctly on the page on the same face of the cube so you could solve the cube, right? You can make mm -hmm. a cube you can't solve. You have to make sure that all the uh, um, faces that are the same are lined up. And yep. so you, probably somebody checked all that stuff really carefully. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> missed yeah. an important check, such as handing it to a blind person. Right. And I, and I, it did it actually brought to me about memory of, of people, um, you know, because very often as software developers, you're working in a domain for users who live in a domain that's not that's not ours and not not natively and i think a lot of the um value we have in software developers and, and and product managers and whatnot comes from developing that understanding of the domain to understand what it's like to live in the world of our users and uh even if whether that's a know, far away country or possibly like a blind person a totally different experience right so lisa's experience of the world is very, very different from yours and mine. And there's no reason why a person who just um, gets a ticket would have empathy with that without any further action. That's right. And and I, and that, that process of developing the user empathy uh, is, is something that 
sometimes people resist both uh, um, making the investment from the the company side or i've even known developers who resist it and and say look just tell me what you want done i, I you know i shouldn't have to understand just you know just give me the requirements and in fact i imagine that some people might listen to this and say oh well squirrel you know, you know i understand the problem here this is your elephant carpaccio coming in this is this is people trying to be agile probably you know they're saying well we need, you know we need to give the, the dots on it but it turns out this is why iteration doesn't work they might say you know that i wonder how you'd respond to someone like that it says oh this is the this is the problem here we just need to be uh, more waterfall and we would have prevented this indeed or or uh, more iterative like we, we should just explain to the users the first version it'll have all the braille but it won't have raised dots so just, just be, <laughs> be ready for the alpha version which doesn't have the raised dots and and we laugh at that but it's not uncommon for me to see people who are really completely lacking in this, impor this important element of user empathy uh, proposing exactly that sort of thing. They'll say something like, oh, yeah, Elephant Carpaccio, I've got it. We want to do small iterations. That's the right thing. What we'll do is we'll make a new database table. And they right. say, hang on. <laughs> who is going to benefit from your database table? And I think it's just the same kind of error. What you're, you're looking for is an increment of value. And the, the increment of value for Lisa was zero. It's a tremendous value for me. Here, I'm getting a whole podcast out of it with you, Jeffrey. I'm going to use this as a <laughs> visual aid for the next 20 years. So great value to me, but not the intended value. The intended value was this will actually be useful. You can actually um, Im improve it in an iteration in which you make the, the dots br brighter or larger or um, make the cube easier to unpack or something. That Those would be dimensions on which you would want to iterate. The dimension of whether it is useful at all is not the place to start, but you have to have user empathy in order to understand that. That's really interesting, the idea that, um, that the, the way that you slice uh, uh, the work requires that insight. Uh, that's, that is really interesting. So it can't be, in this sense, just a mechanical task uh, to, to, to break up a bit of work into pieces. You, you need to understand the users to be able to do that. You, you could start with mechanical breaking up. That's something I often do. I have my bet on my website, right? That if, if anybody can bring me a task that can't be broken down into one day pieces, I'll buy them a beer. It still, still holds. The bet is still there. But the thing is, people will bring me things, um, examples of products and, and um, uh, initiatives and projects that are in domains that I don't understand at all, right? I help biotech companies. I certainly would not know how to d do any DNA sequencing. Um, what I do do it, when I help those folks to deliver much more frequently and um, much more iteratively is I make sure that I'm constantly checking back with actual users. So I'm building my empathy as I do it. So I might very well propose something that is the equivalent of a flat Braille Rubik's Cube. And then after they finish laughing at me, I then learn, <laughs> ah, wait a minute. Oh, the raised part. Oh, that's an important part. Well, I had no idea, <laughs> right? That happens to me all the time because I work in, in such disparate environments with so many different industries and uh, domains that I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And that's what's missing is that investment uh, was lacking in the case of this Rubik's Cube. It's lacking in the case of those folks, Jeffrey, that you referred to who, who just say, well, just show me the requirements. Tell me what I need to do. There, there's an extra piece of investment that we're advocating listeners invest in. <laughs> you should you should take this back to your team and make sure there's a step where there's um, some listening to users rather than throwing it out and seeing whether anybody buys it. You know, one one thing occurred to me in, in that in your story there about the the, the 
users laughing at you and the way you slice things up is it did bring up also the issue for me a bit of power dynamics and and sometimes people will the teams will say that they don't have the ability to say no that they're the people doing the work are are given the equivalent of this you know flat rubik's cube and they might know that this is not going to be valuable but they believe they're in a situation where there's no way to push back uh, any any that resonate with you at all that you experienced that situation Absolutely, but there's usually much more opportunity than those teams give themselves credit for. And sometimes there's not, in which case the, the organization is pretty well doomed. So if, if you have a, a dictatorial <laughs> organization in which the, um, uh, the the leader has chosen flat Rubik's Cubes and that's all you're going to make, um, I, I would recommend finding a different organization. Uh, but <laughs> the, 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 the cases where that happens are very, very small. Uh, the number of cases I've seen of that are, is, is uh, minuscule. Well, I want to be clear, the places you might be told to make the equivalent of a flat roof cube, I don't think that's uncommown. But the number Mm, of places where you you legitimately cannot and don't have the ability to say, excuse me, hold on a second, can you help me understand why this is valuable? I think there's a problem here. Mm -hmm. Uh, That I think people, I agree with you, people generally have more of an ability to to raise concerns than they believe. They often are are, uh, trapped in in an assumption that they're not testing that, look, we just have to do what we're told. Nobody would ever listen to me. I mean, yes, my sister is blind, and I know this would be useless to her, but um, but why would anyone listen? Right. And now we're talking about the sort of uh, standard issues of, you know, lack of trust um, and uh, and people not testing their assumptions. Uh, and so that's uh, something that I, I, I did think that if you find yourself being asked to make the flat Rubik's Cube uh, equivalent, um, you know, do do find a way to to raise it and test it. And you, you might be surprised that actually you, you do have more of an ability to, to raise uh, concerns uh, and for discussion than you than you realize. And I'll just give this, uh, it will be a closing thought for me, I think, uh, that uh, you, you have nothing to lose. They're, they're, if it's so bad that you're producing flat Rubik's Cubes, it's not like <laughs> your objection or your noting that there's something funny going on here and maybe we should talk to some users. It isn't going to make the situation any worse. It would be hard to make it worse. <laughs> so if you find yourself in the equivalent situation b- producing useless objects or uh, w- without any contact or empathy with users, uh, try something. It, it, it just might work. You never know. <laughs> and I would love to hear from users if, if they have been asked to make the flat Rubik's Cube. What's been their experience? Is it something that they maybe something that they've purchased, maybe something that they've that they got and realized afterwards this is this is actually totally useless um, or been asked to make? What's their experience with it? I would love to hear from any listeners who have that situation or have questions about uh, how, how to act, how to to, to get that issue raised, um, uh, take more action, take more agency than they think they have. You can get in touch with us, of course, at agileconversations.com. That's where you'll find free videos and um, our Twitter and email and blog posts and all kinds of fun stuff. So feel free to join us over there. And of course, you can also join us next Wednesday when we'll be back with another episode of Troubleshooting Agile. Thanks, Jeffrey. Thanks, Squirrel.